You don't want people to have to do science and dissect their plate. You really just want things to be smooth and easy, eliminate the friction and the hassle of eating. We just take every ingredient and we say, does this nourish the body and help it? Uh, does it have maybe some problematic effect or is it neutral? And we're just constantly tweaking that mix. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Let's Talk Solutions, Candid Conversations with Healthcare Leaders. I'm Amy Fritzer, Director of Business Development for HHS. And I'm Becca Leaf, also Director of Business Development for HHS. This week, we're gonna discuss how healthier menu offerings in a variety makes a huge impact on the patient's healing process. And we're joined by Don Jeffers, the manager over inpatient and procedural nutrition at Baton Rouge General, as well as Kristen West, who is an outpatient clinical nutritionist from BRG, and Paul Douglas, who is the VP of Strategy and Human Resources for Baton Rouge, who oversees food and nutrition services at the hospital as well. So welcome, Don, Kristen, and Paul. We so appreciate you joining us today to provide your expertise and insight. And so let's get started. Paul, I'll start off with a, a question that I have for you because you know, you've know you developed such a robust nutrition program at BRG, Baton Rouge General, and it's really one of a kind. And it's very unique when it comes to healthcare, especially on, on the retail side of the house. Um, what I'd love to hear from you is just, you know, as the leader and really the champion of, of that program, where does that passion come from for you? Uh, first of all, thanks for having us on. Uh, it's been an, an exciting ride, I guess, this version of what we call BRG Fit. Uh, I'm pretty fortunate. I've always been in the business of helping people and organizations be successful. So, so my role is HR, strategy, and uh, performance. About 12 years ago, uh, there was a natural connection between nutrition and health and performance because nutrition is so foundational. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at that time, we did a Lean Six Sigma project, and I was over the project. And as we looked at various critical Xs that were driving uh, you know, chronic disease and other issues, nutrition was a really significant and modifiable uh, variable. Uh, long story short, we started really exploring nutrition at a deeper level, uh, networking with various experts across the country, and we saw a huge disconnect between how we might, uh, you know, provide nutrition and what we might be giving people in and in their recovery at the hospital and what you might actually want to stock in your cupboard at home or actually give a loved one that was recovering from illness. So that led to this passionate 12-year journey to close those gaps and use nutrition to try to improve people across mind, body, and spirit. So when you were HR rep and talking about performance, are you talking about employees on that side? Well, the original project started out with our employee health plan, which had about 4,200 members. So it started out as your typical HR health plan cost control wellness uh, program. Right. But it quickly turned into uh, our COO, who's now our CEO. He had the vision and he saw the opportunity to leverage better outcomes for patients. And we reorganized the nutrition department and uh, we've started doing things differently. And now we have experts like Don and Kristen and others uh, and a host of medical champions uh, that are really making a positive difference. 
So to follow up on that, Paul, how did you communicate the program or how did you build it and then communicate it to the employees to get them more actively engaged? Well, we use the basics of any type of change management or any type of program is we develop champions. So we developed physician champions to help, you know, get medical staff to support the initiative. And then we developed key leaders and key frontline employees that were willing to help champion the cause. So really, it's it's a lot about setting up your network and then getting everyone involved. And an important element of what we're doing is there's a lot of negativity sometimes around nutrition mm-hmm. uh, and around some of the symptoms of, of poor, poor nutrition, such as obesity. Mm-hmm. And what we said from the beginning, we're going to take a positive approach. We're going to take a, an approach that makes people want to get involved and lets people participate by choice and get their why. Uh, And I think having a positive approach with involvement at all levels has really been important. Yeah, it would be for sure, especially from a motivational standpoint and participation standpoint too. Yeah, exactly. So Paul, you described kind of, you know, the why behind it, how you guys got into it, but I kind of want to talk about tactically for anyone that's listening to this, how you put it together so that if somebody wanted to try and do something similar, what, where would they start? So with that tailored nutrition program developed, how did you go about implementing it? You said you talked to the doctors, you had champions on, on that side of the house, you had nutrition folks doing it, but you know, as far as sustaining it and scaling it, is it just simple ingredient substitution that you guys did in the retail cafes? Is it customized menus for each diet need? You know, is it like an a la carte model? Can you kind of go into that a little bit? Well, uh, really, if you think about it, there's, there's just some foundational things you can do that are relatively straightforward. Uh, you know, first off is getting medical staff champions on board, mm-hmm. you know, and going back and thinking through some of the early days, having a cardiologist or having a top lipidologist say, yes, you can eat an egg yolk. Right. Mm-hmm. Not not controversial today, but controversial 12 years ago. Right. Or or to, you know, have a top radiation oncologist or medical oncologist promote cancer wellness and cancer nutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it goes on and on by specialty. So uh, when you're in healthcare and hospitals in particular, where you're dealing with complex patients, it's very important to have your medical staff champions. And then to connect and network them with national champions and people that can expose them to maybe parts of the science they haven't been exposed to. Uh, physicians want to see their data uh, and they're very open to learning. Then the next thing is just simple ingredient changes. Uh, there are a lot of things that are done in a, a traditional hospital that are really unnecessary. Uh, for example, we just go to real, identifiable, non-processed food, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. trying to eliminate processed foods. A little problematic because sometimes there are rebates and other incentives around that. Right. But uh, we brought chefs in who were very efficient, so that canceled that out. But there are a lot of simple ingredient changes you can do with and actually improve the quality of the food and not really have to uh, disrupt a program. You can... Uh, eliminate gratuitous inflammatory ingredients, like mm-hmm. have your chefs make sauces and uh, recipes without added flour or sugar. Seems simple uh, enough. You can uh, change out your oils. Uh, we had a big campaign around changing out our oils mm-hmm. uh, from inflammatory oils to those that are more helpful. Like what? Uh, for example, you using olive oil 
instead mm -hmm. of the beyond and the traditional sprays that were being used mm -hmm. or, or taking the processed cheese and just moving to real cheese. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, going from, uh, you know, uh, preserved meats to nitrate free meats. Mm -hmm. uh, this, the list goes on and on. It's, there's some very straightforward things you can do. Also, just looking at glycemic index and glycemic load, making logical changes in ingredients, because in our population, uh, we had a lot of obesity, hypertension, and diabetes. Right. So those were kind of natural uh, places we knew we needed to work. And now uh, you're you're in Louisiana, right? Like, yes. you know, I've lived in the southeast, like deep south. We love fried stuff. We love fried catfish. How did you overcome that with the patients? Because, you know, they have certain food that they want to eat. How did you convince them or, or influence them? Well, well, first off, I let my chefs convince them. So, OK, yeah, good answer. <laughs> you know, uh, like in the beginning, there was a little bit of drama about, you know, uh, is is Paul going to eliminate fried chicken Wednesday or fried fish Friday or, you know, <laughs> right, uh, right. things like that. But what we've done is, uh, first of all, most people, we're just telling them, look at your default setting. How do you eat most of the time? How do you shop most of the time? And given your situation and your goals, uh, what percent of the time do you want to occasionally, uh, you know, stray or do something different? So, uh we didn't eliminate fried chicken, but we put some really great baked chickens next to it, like Diablo chicken, all sorts of chicken, where we're about 50-50 fried chicken, baked chicken now. Uh, mm -hmm. But if you're going to get a fried chicken, we have really great fried chicken. That might be the only fried chicken you're going to have for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, same way with fish. We still have the fried fish Friday, uh, but I believe this last Friday, I had a pecan-crusted filet. Uh, you know, so the chefs have really made it where people are gravitating to the healthier alternatives. And then over time, we're just reducing the number of items being offered that that aren't nourishing. Uh, right. So in our world, we just take every ingredient. And we say, does this nourish the body and help it? Uh, does it have maybe some problematic effect or is it neutral? And we're just constantly tweaking that mix. And, and making those substitutions, like you said, going back to the real food, really having emphasis on the quality of the food. So even if you are having fried chicken, it may be a higher quality fried chicken than you were serving before. It is. And, and actually, uh, we changed out that oil. You, uh, less bad is good. Right. Which is so simple, but it's so helpful and impactful. So switching gears, Kristen, since, you know, he's kind of covering the patient side on the retail side. Obviously, you guys are a very large facility. You have a lot of staff, uh, you know, visitors and stuff that come in. So how do you communicate the healthier options in your cafe, in your grab and go section and, you know, and try to provide options, following what Paul was saying, to all those folks as well? Sure. So it's been really cool to just see the collaboration that has gone on between our outpatient dietitian team and the chefs and nutritional care staff, um, just to collaborate together in terms of identifying those healthier options for people in a really practical way. So we have a little logo um, that we mm -hmm. use, um, which we call our BRG Fit logo. Um, and we actually place that next to um, the specific food items that are offered so that people will know that is a healthier option for them that is free of all the processed stuff. It's 
um, simple ingredients, you know, real food, recognizable, um, nothing artificial. And so that signage is everywhere throughout the cafeteria. And we've done a lot of work on our end to communicate that um, to employees. Um, actually, our employees have free access to meet with our dietitian team. Um, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's an incentive that they have. Um, and so, of course, in our meetings with them, we really drive them to make those BRG Fit choices um, and again, it, it's easy for them because when they step into the cafeteria, they can easily identify um, based upon the logo what those choices are. Um, our chefs also provide a daily special um, that really just puts a creative spin on a lot of people's favorite Southern dishes. Um, you know, food is such a huge part of our culture here. Um mm-hmm the fried foods, a lot of rice and pasta based dishes. And so they over there have just done a fabulous job um, just reinventing favorite dishes in a healthy way by using things like almond flour to bread um, fried chicken with. They're using uh, spaghetti squash. They use a lot of the chickpea pastas. So grain, grain free stuff. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the grain free stuff, just sort of focusing on more, um, real food carbohydrates with lower glycemic indexes. Um, so, you know, sweet potato, I know for, um, one of the chef specials, they do chicken and waffles and they make a sweet potato waffle. Oh my gosh. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. It's really good and really popular. So they do a lot of really neat things. So with the patients, how does that work? Or do you have a, a menu that you give them and they can have the same options? Yeah, I know. I envision like this cheesecake factory or, yeah, or like a menu massive. or BJ's <laughs> brew house where there's like 10 pages. And I mean, that's got to be a little overwhelming. So how do you simplify it for them? Yeah, I think Dawn can speak to that because we did a great project to simplify it where you get those items that are actually on your diet. The last thing you want to do is give people options and then say, oh, you can't have that. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. That's kind of cruel. Yeah. Dawn, why don't you speak to the menu program we did? Sure, sure. So so we've created patient menus for the diet that they're on. So patients will receive a physical menu that they can look at. They can you know, look at that prior to ordering their meal or while they're ordering their meal. Um, our ambassadors will then come into the patient room. They'll have an iPad. Um, that populates the foods that are allowed on their diet specifically. So they can really guide the patient on, you know, this is what we're having today. These are some other options that you can have. And then the patient can be prepared for that as well by looking at their menu. And some of those items are BRG fit items if they're eligible for it? Yes, that's correct. So we do have a BRG fit diet for um, inpatients as well. And then what we did is we we really streamlined some of those options to some of our other uh, diets, like our regular diets, our cardiac diets, our diabetic diets. Uh, so what we did was, you know, for the main menu, we replaced some fruit juice with fresh fruit. So now they're getting extra fiber. They're getting, you know, a, a better nutritional value from the fresh fruit versus the juices. Um, and then some of our other options, like our mashed potatoes, instead of using instant mashed potatoes, we use a low glycemic red potato. Cool. I think one of the keys to what Dawn has done, and Kristen used to actually work inpatient before outpatient, is she's worked really hard to first do no harm. So everyone, like if you're renal, if you're liquid, if you're soft diet, if, you know, she's worked really hard to make sure that 
patient safety comes first, and then working with our, within RDAs and other regulatory requirements, she's been able to do ingredient interchange, like for example, moving from fruit juice to whole fruit to lower the net carb and make it a more beneficial uh, add-on you know, versus something else. Because when these people do eventually leave inpatient and have to deal with Kristen on outpatient, they don't have a nurse constantly monitoring their blood work and giving them drugs. So, uh, you know, they have to really, you know, be able to uh, adapt their lifestyle for healing. That's an interesting point because, so if I'm understanding you correctly, a patient comes in, let's say they have cardiac health or something, the doctor diagnoses them, then they engage Don, who's the inpatient dietitian. Don can help them figure out a diet that's appropriate for their cardiac issues. Maybe hard if that's BRG fit or a modified version based on their cardiac issues. Then when they are discharged, do they come back and see you, Kristen, for outpatient potentially? And then at that point, how does BRG fit into that side of it? So we have collaborated um, with the inpatient team um, in terms of just implementing more, more referrals on that end. Um, and we have, you know, promotional products that represent our services that we offer, but that unfortunately doesn't happen in all cases. Um, maybe it should, but certainly when, when those patients do come to us, um, often it's by referral of their physician. Um, and so we have worked a lot with our, um, Baton Rouge General Physician Team, um, just to let them know that we're here, what we do, um, just to make sure that they're bought into the vision of what we offer. Um, and then from there, they send their patients to us and we get them plugged into our nutrition program. And that's like a take-home nutrition program, right? Because they're outpatient at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, something we're doing right now that I think is very innovative is we have several centers of excellence, whether it's for metabolic conditions IBD and Crohn's, and these are all programs where we use a multidisciplinary team of the, the physician, a nurse, a dietitian, and a social worker. And, and we tend oh, to awesome. focus on the most complex patients mm -hmm. and we're getting amazing results. But a, a recent center of excellence that we opened up uh, involves surgery. So we have, uh, you know, surgical oncologists and we have uh, a center of excellence around robotics. Uh, Dawn has started working with our surgeons on procedural nutrition, where we're looking at before, during, and after uh, an individual goes through a procedure so that everything is truly synced up. They meet with the dietitian up front. Then they have uh, proper nutrition education and hydration education going into NPO and surgery. And then the the hydration and uh, nutrition that's used to recover that patient, and then they go home. That's fairly new and innovative. Your program is one of a kind. I mean, you tailor it individually. It's the it's the whole person. It's not a you know cookie cutter approach, and and really look at the individual person in a holistic way and be able to you know fit to their specific dietary needs and you know, with collaboration from dietitians to outpatient to the physicians. And it's just really interesting. I mean, I've been working in healthcare a long time and I, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Well, part of our approach, and this is Baton Rouge general approach. So we kind of have a one patient at a time approach. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and as our CEO says, people aren't just carbon and water. You know, they have a lot of things that go on with an individual. Yes. But healthcare is very fragmented. So a lot of what we do is try to remove the fragmentation and coordinate the care. And, and that's where the multidisciplinary care comes in. But uh, even if you think about what we've done with BRG Fit, in you know, in the beginning, we looked at it as okay, this is nutrition, this is fitness, this is lifestyle, this is emotional health. Uh, now we we've become more synergistic, and we really just look at mind, body, and spirit, mm-hmm. and how all of those uh, components I just named impact mind, body, and spirit. So you might be using nutrition uh, in combination with a muscular skeletal health and fitness Mm -hmm. uh, for joint movement or flexibility and mobility, or you might be using a social worker or emotional well-being to try to get an individual to adapt better nutrition or lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think the more we use team-based care and the more we synergize everything we do, uh, I think that's the future. Agreed, 100%. And then you're not simply treating individual symptoms. You're getting to the root cause of what's going on with the individual patient because you have so many experts in the room having a say, and you're all collaborating in that way. That's really, yeah, like we, really We just had a meeting with our comprehensive care, which is uh, the most complex patients, usually renal, cardiometabolic. Mm-hmm. And we had 100% A1C control in that particular clinic. And, and they were trying to pin us down. Well, how did you get 100% A1C control? Well, we have a great physician, but we also have a dietitian, mm-hmm. and then we have a nurse navigator. But then again, uh, the social worker is so critical. So really, it's it's a team based approach, and it's what works for that individual patient. Right. So, Paul, for those that don't really know what you were referring to. What does A1C mean when you're talking about in results? Yeah. So an A1C is is a uh, a marker that shows uh, the level of diabetes. Okay. But a good example is a 1% change in an A1C reading uh, can have a 40% impact on outcomes. And these are outcomes like blindness, uh, cognitive disorders, stroke, uh, very serious outcomes. Don, um, why would you say that you guys have gone to adopt this model and, and why do you think it is so important in healthcare? Um, so we really felt it important to create um, an inpatient BRG fit diet. So it really kind of connected the inpatient and the outpatient um, wellness platform together. So uh, we really wanted to do something on the inpatient side just to, you know, really promote our wellness platform. And when a patient is admitted uh, to the facility, the physician will then order uh, their diet, you know, based on their disease state, what's going on with the patient. Um, And they do have the option to choose the, uh, the BRG fit diet for, for their patient. I think my, I think my favorite thing that you guys are doing, especially for the clinical side of the house, right? Because when you're in retail, if someone wants to be healthy, they're going to purchase the BRG fit choice option because they have the option to, right? But on the clinical side, you see people that come in with with lots of, of disease states that may not be paying specific attention to their, their diet in general. And a lot of that is just misinformation, right? They think, well, to be healthy, I have to eat salad all day. 
which isn't necessarily true. And I think I, I just really love that you guys have gone above and beyond to show that to people, to introduce people to a different version of healthy and say, hey, you can still eat this one item. We're just changing and substituting some of the ingredients so that they're better suited for your health. And that's really, really, really incredible. I mean, it's decades of, you know, kind of a mentality shift, right? I mean, most people think you just eat a salad all day, throw some chicken on it. It's like the healthiest meal of the day, but, and they might be hesitant. I mean, I know I was when I was younger, you know, hesitant to eat a, a burger or, you know, wheat pasta with whatever, it still could be a healthy option, but mentally it's quite a shift and try to communicate that to both patients that are admitted in the facility. And then of course, on the retail side, that's got to be somewhat of a challenge too, I would think. Yeah. One thing I would like to mention along those lines, and we haven't come up with a term yet that marketing's happy with. Uh, <laughs> I've been calling it fake healthy, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but what happens is a lot of times uh, people think, oh, it's a diet soda. It has no calories. It's healthy. Right. Well, right. well Kristen can go all day long uh, laying out the argument against that diet soda mm -hmm. or uh, people that uh, instead of thinking about the quality of the ingredients and maybe portion mm -hmm. uh, control their calorie counting. Well, you know, if you kind of go back to Gary Tobbs, good calorie, bad calorie, that unit of energy, it could be helpful. It could be harmful. It could be mm -hmm. neutral. Mm -hmm. uh, they all trigger different things metabolically and cognitively. So what happens is uh, people might be led astray by 100 calorie snack bags, yes. or baked chips, or yes. uh, I mean, we always tell people, don't even bother reading the front of the package. That's just the uh, advertising. Yes. Read the back and look at the ingredients. And, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's, that's, you know, particularly Kristen in the outpatient. Uh, challenge is people, and this is part of what drives our passion, people who actually think they're doing the right thing or are trying to do the right thing and they're getting a bad result. Right. And, and that's just not right. And, that, and that's right. part of what fuels our passion. Exactly. Exactly. Because like you said, there's a difference between 100 calories of M&Ms versus 100 calories of sweet potatoes. Like, yeah, it's going to give you different things. Is it satiating or does it create deprivation? Right. Uh, are we right. trying to do a gentle slope here uh, or are we going to try to do a drastic rebounding type approach? And, right. And those are the challenges. When, when you talk to our dietitian team, uh, I think they have a pretty steep challenge when they when they have to adhere to our model, uh, mm -hmm. because sometimes they have to break ranks on things, you know, and and really do education. Right. So on the on like the retail side, I mean, I know it's really popular to have like grab and go and the grab and go section specifically, you know, bags of 100 calorie chips or which we actually eliminated. Um, I was just going to ask, like, how did no, you guys go about that? To well, in our purchase, in our purchasing guidelines, we've eliminated anything that would be misleading that it mm -hmm. appears to be healthy that is not. Amazing. So that way, like, if I'm going to get a bag of chips, I see a bag of Zaps. That's like mm -hmm. a real chip, you know. Mm -hmm. I, right. No, like nobody's faking me out. And some oil. Yeah, exactly. So no Olean, Paul. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> no, but so so part of part of it is it's like uh, you know we're straightforward about you can kind of know when you're eating something healthy or not healthy, and yeah. it's a mm -hmm. choice. Right. At least we've eliminated misleading. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
And we give away a lot of infused water free to try to reduce soda consumption. Love that. So I'm curious, what's the most popular items on the healthier side? So what we've um, really done strategically is, again, um, have the fruit infused water displayed. Um, They have a lot of good combinations with different fruits and different herbs um, that we really push people towards. And of course, it's free. So that is another incentive. And then at the checkout counters, we've done a lot of um, rearranging of things where we put a lot of, um, you know, for instance, sparkling waters. Um, We specifically uh, use the Coca-Cola products. So we have the AHA waters, a lot of the Dasani um, bottled water so that as people have grabbed their plates and they're at the checkout realizing they need a drink, it's just easy for them to grab that option. Um, And then at the checkout, we also have various um, healthy snacks. You know, we have some grain-free granola bars that we do. We have um, some house-made trail mixes, um, just different nuts and seeds. Um, There is a, a bucket of fresh fruit that people can grab from. And then as well, um, just some dark chocolate squares, things that people can grab for later to to use as a snack that are all just simple ingredients. So that brings up a really good question for me, because going back to something that Paul mentioned earlier, purchasing that sort of thing outside of your regular purchasing group and, and rebates, how have you guys made that shift into buying those healthier potato chips, healthier granolas that are typically more expensive and not supported by the original GPOs? Well, the first thing we've done is we've we've lowered margins on everything healthy. In some cases, we just give it away. Uh, so cool. Love that. Because, you know, uh, you don't want to take advantage of a captured audience. Right. Uh, exactly. But, but we have uh, slightly up-priced those items that aren't as healthy to create a competitive advantage for oh, that. That's smart. That's, that's really uh, smart. And that's then how little simple things yeah. like you, you can get a... A, uh, a good quality beef patty, mm-hmm. even with a slice of real cheese. And if you want to buy the bread, it's an upcharge. But oh, the tomatoes and lettuce and all that is free. Um, we did something recently that was pretty cool. We said, let's give everyone breakfast free for a week. And the reason we did it was, well, night shift needs breakfast kind of to finish their day. Mm-hmm. And if we gave everyone a healthy breakfast in the morning, it would kind of set their metabolism for the morning, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we did it. And initially we got a lot of blowback saying, wait a minute, you're only going to allow eggs of meat and fruit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You have to allow a biscuit or you have to allow grits or whatever. And we're like, nope, we're just going to allow, you know, eggs, meat and fruit. And like, well, you got to at least allow oatmeal. No, because we have a lot of obesity uh, issues. Now we do have good oatmeal. It's steel cut and it's, you know, well-prepared, but so we stayed true to our principles and rolled it out anyways. And it turned out being a super positive thing. And as a result, we've had to open up a fruit bar with cut fruit because now people are buying cut fruit instead of biscuits because they established a healthy habit. Um, So I'm, I'm gluten-free and I always have to pay like the extra two bucks for the gluten-free bun. And people are always like, why do you do that? Like, that's so expensive. Yeah. So are people getting mad that they had to pay the extra for the for the regular bun? <laughs> we, we get a little kickback. We, you know, like um, 
I got some real trouble over downsizing the biscuit from these really big cat head biscuits to small. <laughs> you went from face size to like mouth size. <laughs> yeah. There was a rumor going around that I had put a quote on how many French fries they would put in a container. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I hear all these things and I always just tell people I'll never apologize for caring. I'm only mm -hmm. doing it because I care about you. Exactly. You know, and, and half and of what they're making up's not true, but what do they say? Any publicity is good publicity. Exactly. <laughs> and with change, like any change, you're going to face that one period of people pushing back and then eventually embracing it, you know? Yeah, but it's, you know, we, we, we try to minimize getting involved in diet wars. So uh, our dietitians are very knowledgeable across the whole plane. You can go to our dietitian and you can be... Mediterranean, keto, vegan, whatever you are, they can work with you well. Uh, when you leave them to their own devices, they pretty much land somewhere around Mediterranean without the grains, or if you need the calories with the better grains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'll let them speak to nutrition. Me, I just have the great job of supporting them. I let them do all the magic. <laughs> Well, I want to hear more about the Extra Fit program because I know you've got BRG Fit, but then there's this other program in the retail space called Extra Fit. So can you tell us about that, Kristen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, every day at lunch, we have our chef's table, which is an available BRG Fit option um, to our customer base. Um, but for those who are maybe just you know, a little more aggressive with reducing carbs or just looking for a lower calorie version of what what we're already serving, they can actually just ask to have their chef's table extra fit. And a lot of times what we do is we'll um, sub out the carb for like extra non-starchy veggies or extra um, salad. Love it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, so when Kristen talks about extra fit, you have to remember we have chefs. So the chefs have gone crazy with clean meals. They're like five-star meals now. So uh, they're really great meals. Like I just had a really great stuffed sweet potato with, you know, grilled veggies, chili salad, the whole nine yards. So they're making some pretty hearty, healthy meals. So Kristen was working with people, uh, with weight loss program and people that had particular goals where they really didn't need that big a portion, mm -hmm. but those larger portions were really flipping people from unhealthy to healthy. So that's where she came up with the, uh, you know, the the leaner version or the get fit version. So uh, because the, the healthy food's so good now, people uh, have no problem consuming it. Do people ever come that have no association with the hospital? They're just in the community. Do they come by to get food ever? Oh, yeah. So um, the first year we did this, we did an audit. You know, we were very disciplined around here. And I had increased my cost by, I think, $125,000. So and then it was like, okay, you know, we're going to keep our eye on this. Mm -hmm. uh, the second year, we had increased our revenue in the cafe to $750,000. So, wow. and, and now, you know, we're, we've gone from a cost center to a revenue center because we also sell food to like 11 other hospitals. Uh, so mm -hmm. nutrition is a strategic asset here. But uh, what we find is people from the community come here and eat the surrounding businesses. A mm -hmm. uh, couple people, I'm not going to claim it's a lot, uh, too many, but we actually have some regulars that do their business lunches here. Oh. They say, 
Well, where else can you get like a five star meal for yeah. six, seven bucks? Yeah. Exactly. I'd be there. <laughs> Got me sold. Yeah. We have this other cool thing where um, we we're, we have the chef's table, which is always clean, but we have the line, which is like 80% clean, you know, mm-hmm. the big self-service. So the chef at the chef's table periodically wanted to do something like, you know, can I have chili dogs or can I do, you know, whatever. And it usually Im- involved adding a bun or adding a, an ingredient. So we came up with this deal called chefs go wild. So we let Clay <laughs> go <it>. wild. <laughs> and it, it's variable reinforcement schedule. It's randomly, hey, Clay, you get to go wild this month. <laughs> and then the deal is if he goes wild, the whole kitchen's got to make the entire cafe side 100% clean. So I'm really winning on this one. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. But but getting back to extra fit, because Clay's making such hearty proportions, uh, which they'll keep you healthy. But if you want uh, weight loss or have another goal, Kristen has done like a, uh, you know, alternative add on or subtraction, I guess. Yeah. So, Kristen, is that just, you know, proportion control type thing or? Right. So, as Paul was saying, a lot of times what we've done is we've kind of taken a look at the month as a whole um, and sort of creatively with the chefs come up with how we could make the meal extra fit. For example, if we have our plantain chip nacho day, um, maybe instead of having all of the toppings over the plantain chips, um, that customer can choose to have it over a salad instead. And it's all in efforts to, you know, maybe reduce the carbs a little bit um, for those who are just, you know, trying to manage their blood sugar more tightly um, or, or pursuing weight loss and want maybe a smaller portion of something. Yeah. Can you guys make a recipe book? Because <laughs> I will buy your first coffee. <laughs> right. Hey, that, that has been talked about. So I think that might be in the works. That's a great idea. It's all good stuff. And um, also I'll echo what Paul said. Um, a lot of times who we see over here um, as patients are just people from the community and often in just getting their 24-hour recall, they will tell us that they work nearby and they often come here for lunch specifically. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's, you know, a $7, $8 meal. It's fantastic. I know I'm guaranteed to find something healthy. Um, and say, So they use this um, as their daily takeout for lunch. Um, and often, you know, our team over here will get texts from people who are just friends and family um, who just are sharing their, their lunch um, a picture maybe and, and saying, I can't believe that you guys have this restaurant quality food over here. It's so delicious. I think I'm going to have to make this a regular thing, you know? Um, so it definitely impresses that's for sure. Um, in quality and, um, ingredients for sure. If you believe in like, they call the path, like, like the switch theory that just make it easy. Mm -hmm. So if you just go to the chef's table, it's easy. Mm -hmm. Right. So, if you get a pizza, you know it's a cauliflower crust. You know it's homemade sauce with no added sugar. Amazing. And you know if it has pepperoni, it's nitrate. Yes. Free. So oh. you 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 don't want people to have to do science and dissect their plate. Right. You, you really just want things to be smooth and easy, eliminate the friction and the hassle of eating. Mm-hmm. That's so true because a lot of times, you know, eating healthy, it seems like it's overwhelming. I mean, like you were just saying, Paul, they... I mean, I know I kind of went through a phase like this a few years ago when I was kind of changing me personally. And, you know, I had a food scale and then I had, you know, I was 
reading, and I still do that. I mean, I read every label and I'm very clean. I feed my family that way and everything else. Shop the outside perimeter of the grocery store, for example, things like that. But in the beginning, when I was kind of learning it, it it's, can be overwhelming. Like you said, do I need to check this? And especially when you go out to eat somewhere, having to wonder those questions. Is the pepperoni nitrate free? What is the, you know, what's in the, you know, what's in the, the crust of the pizza? Like for you, Becca, I mean, being, you know, having to be gluten-free, you don't want to have to ask all the time. I mean, you just know right. because they've got it clearly, you know, communicated, it's there, you know, it's, you know, it is on the healthier side. So that's got to be kind of reassuring all the way around and adds to the popularity. And Amy, you're not the majority, well, like the majority of people yeah. don't know what they don't know. And they, they think, yeah. well, this cauliflower crust pizza is great for me, but maybe it's got a ton of added sugar and it's got a ton yeah, of added cheese. True, right? And they're like, well, it's cauliflower crusted, but you guys are taking away that guessing game because you already right. know it and you're just serving it to them without questions, which is amazing. So, um, Paul, you were talking about how, you know, over the years it's grown to become a revenue center versus a cost center. So kind of following that theme, it seems like going in this direction could actually potentially work to help save the hospital money. I mean, operating costs and then obviously patient re, you know, readmissions, if they're healthier, they, you know, adjust to that lifestyle. They don't need to come back, you know, following a surgery and whatnot. And so is it, have you found that to be the case too? Oh, absolutely. Now, you know, remember because everything works, you know, in association, mm -hmm. You can never just say, oh, the reason our employee biometrics over the last 10 years have been above goal is because of nutrition. Well, nutrition had a lot to do with it, mm -hmm. but also the employee health nurses and mm -hmm. everyone else. But for example, our employee biometrics, every year since we've started this initiative, we've in increased the number of employees with blood pressure control, and we've increased nice. the number of employees who are either at their waist circumference target or have reduced their waist two inches per wow. year. Uh, show me any other place where you have people 10 years later mm -hmm. that have less health risk than they had when they began the journey. And for 10 years so that, long, like, yeah, it wasn't a quick yeah, jump. Same people over 10 years, but that's the value of a, of a synergistic approach, but nutrition is very foundational. Uh, Obviously, because we put a lot of attention on the, you know, uh, smaller percent of our health plan population that drives most of our cost. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that involves comorbidities with obesity mm -hmm. and uh, diabetes. Mm -hmm. We've been able to have significant savings across the years in our health plan. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, those are immediate things. So if you say employee biometrics, check. Health plan costs, check. You know, patient outcomes, blood pressure control, A1C, uh, readmissions, check. You know, strategic asset, check. Uh, but really, the cost in it, if you're using chefs and you're using real food, uh, it's not that much more expensive a model. And the secondary aspect of having chefs are, we've actually won the Capital City Showcase numerous years. No. That means best chefs in town in a town full of five-star restaurants. That's cool. We also, uh, we didn't have a lot going on last year because of COVID outside. We had a ton going on inside. Mm -hmm. But uh, we had a, uh, a big heart walk, and I challenged the chefs in a jambalaya contest 
to cook paleo jambalaya. Oh, cool. They cooked paleo jambalaya and it literally just sold out. <laughs> well, it was free, but just they got wiped out. Wow. Do you think you guys have a lot of restaurants in Baton Rouge in general outside of your hospital that have that are maybe like paleo or have keto options or gluten-free options? Or do you feel like you guys are kind of like hitting that niche in the market in Baton Rouge? We're getting there. Uh, New Orleans, I believe, is actually about 70 miles south. New mm-hmm. Orleans is uh, really changing its food profile. Uh, and then uh, Baton Rouge is starting to change its profile. Um, you know, you can still travel, you know, like uh, we go to Chicago a lot because a lot of healthcare meetings are there. Mm-hmm. And I had some family. I noticed Chicago had uh, moved towards that. So you're starting to see uh, a shift uh, because people are starting to know this. Mm-hmm. I, I actually believe that the general public may be moving at a faster rate than health. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. And you guys are ahead of your time by making this program. Big time. Right, but I go back to healthcare because of the seriousness of what we do. Mm-hmm. We're not we're we're not built to do dynamic, quick changes. Right. Right. You know, there's a lot of uh, safety and uh, evidence based practice. There's just a lot going on in healthcare uh, that, you know, once you're inside it, you really understand. So speaking to other administrators that are listening to this, Paul, if you had to keep it really high level, what are your top three reasons why you would recommend they implement a program such as this in their facility? Well, first off, it's the right thing to do for your patients and patients come first. Uh, you know, second of all, it is a differentiation. Uh, I believe those healthcare organizations that take this journey sooner than later are going to get the reputations and the better outcomes. Uh, and then and then third, you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And it's great for both physician and employee engagement. Mm-hmm as well as what you're doing for the patients. I believe that. And to ask that same question to you, Don, on the clinical side, dealing with the patients, what would be the top three things or most important things to implement this program for them? You know, we were really involved with kind of streamlining everything to make everything healthier. So even our regular diets, our cardiac diets, our diabetic diets. So um, it is important to have a physician champion, you know, when you implement this on the inpatient side Um, and then take it to the the appropriate committees for approval. Um, Obviously with anything that that we do on the inpatient side, there's always, you know, a type of approval that needs to be done. So um, taking it to the appropriate approval committees and just seeing how you could streamline that to other areas that you're that you're in. So whether it's regular diet, cardiac diet, diabetic diet, it's helpful for production. And then it's making everything else more streamlined and more in line with the platform as well. Right. And did you work on the, in terms of the recipes, obviously that's a big part of it too. Absolutely. So once we had our physician champion, uh, the outpatient dietitian, myself and our physician a champion, we all worked together on what we wanted to offer for those patients mm-hmm. on the BRG Fit diet. So once that was, you know, approved and the physician was good with that, then we were able to take it to the other committees. So yeah. absolutely, they we really set some standards on what is appropriate for the diet and what we could do for that. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. And you guys are a true example of how you can make a program like this work in 
not only just the retail space, because I think most people could do it in the retail space, but the clinical side and to implement it in a way that's still following regulations, but being super innovative at the same time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it, it is easier to do in, in the retail setting, but whenever we meet, we always have to remember we're here first for our patients. Right. right. Exactly. Well, thank you all so much. This was awesome. I mean, I'm, I love this, this stuff that you guys are putting together. Becca, we have to close with, we always do this. We close with a fun question. Yes. You go for it, Amy. Since you guys all work in the food business, what is your favorite restaurant to go to, number one? And then what is the craziest or weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Paul, go ahead. <laughs> you have this look on your face like, uh. Yeah, yeah. Why are you doing that? Okay. Uh, why are you doing that? Actually, uh, uh just, I love all restaurants, but just to, to randomly pick one that I really like, uh, Pesh in New Orleans. Ooh. So okay. uh, Pesh is a really nice chef restaurant in New Orleans. And every time you go, there's a different menu. Oh, cool. It's basically what's available and what they like to cook. Mm-hmm. So what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? The weirdest thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I've eaten crickets and snakes and things like that, but I'm not sure that's a weird. snake? Anymore. What kind of snake that's is weird? weird. <laughs> uh, I guess a, a rattlesnake. I don't know. People, is that a delicacy? You know, I've had rattlesnake. Yeah, we get, we eat alligator here, so uh, alligator. a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of good food. But um, I'll have to pass on that one. I can't think of anything that is extremely unusual. Now, I think you nailed that one on the head there, Paul. <laughs> Rattlesnakes is pretty unusual to me. <laughs> is that considered healthy? <laughs> uh, I'll have to defer to Kristen and Dalton. <laughs> Rich in protein, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kristen, what about you? What's your favorite restaurant or your favorite uh, theme of food? or And uh, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? So, I have a, a gluten allergy. So, I generally um, base my favorite restaurant based upon who has the most gluten-friendly menu items. Um, but actually here in Baton Rouge, we have a restaurant um, called Building Five and it's all farm to table and um, just mm. so many amazing vegetables that are cooked really well. And they have a lot of dipping sauces. Um, and I'm a steak girl and they have really good steak. And again, all the dips. So you can like dip your steak and then all of the vegetables and all of these different dips. And it's it's really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and they bring That's it out on like charcuterie style boards and so it's like you know sharing style um but it's really cool it's definitely my favorite um restaurant in baton rouge for sure and then what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten can't be veggies oh man you really got me thinking here um i mean i'll eat anything um i'm not a picky eater at all but i would have to say the weirdest thing in my repertoire that is that is not normally present um, is probably squid, and I was not a fan. Yeah, I don't like not it either. Not a fan. I'm going to go ahead and pass on that. Um, probably wouldn't eat that again. Not the greatest. It's like te- a texture thing. Yeah, not you know? the greatest texture. Not a fan of Too that. Too rubbery. Yeah. So, yeah, probably wouldn't eat that again. Don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> don't recommend. Don, what about you? All right, let's see here. I would say my favorite restaurant would be in Baton Rouge, Stabs. I think they have great steak. They have great fish. Really love a redfish. (laughs) Um, 
they just have a lot of great options. So that's probably my favorite restaurant here in Baton Rouge. The weirdest thing I've ever eaten, I would have to say, this is really gross, um, heart jerky. Oh, and it, that's an organ meat. That's good for you. It tasted like iron. Oh, oh. <laughs> my, my sister-in-law is very, she likes to hunt. She likes to, you know, butcher her own stuff. Like she is really all into that. So wow. when I first met her, I think she was trying to size me up a little bit. So she offered me some, <laughs> some heart jerky to see if I would eat it. <laughs> and you pass with flying colors. We might have to put the chefs on that one. <laughs> I know. So that would, that's probably the weirdest thing I've ever eaten. For me. I don't even know what animal it was from. Maybe a boar. I have no idea. I'm one of those. If I don't know where it came yeah. from, I won't touch it. Paul, I have, to, I have to ask this question. So do you kill your own rattlesnakes and then cook them? No, that was just something in, in Biloxi. Somebody uh -huh. that would, ha uh, they had an annual traditional wild game uh -huh. dinner. And they would just serve that? Because I have them in my backyard and I'm sitting here thinking like, well, I don't know what okay. version of snake it was. <laughs> okay, it was a okay. snake, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I like the heart jerky. I, and, and actually, that might be something we can get the chefs yeah. to do. Have y'all done any organ meats before? We don't serve them. Um, of course, they're loaded with nutrients. So we have livers. We, we certainly recommend eating them, absolutely. Um, but I can't say that we've ever offered them in the retail space. Yeah, that would be a hard one. I think we've done chicken livers, actually. One time we did do that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and we did make our own jerky for Was that while. popular? It was, but it, it was so time-consuming, we had to eventually cut it out. Yeah, that's a long process. And then the chefs got carried away and wanted a super special oven. <laughs> you give them an inch, it'll take a mile. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I bet they love doing that stuff. They were real smart, though. They get, they would, like, give samples to the CFO, oh. try, priming them for that oven. <laughs> So it's two o'clock. Do you need a snack? <laughs> Here you go. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. This was really, really insightful. And, and I'm sure lots of other folks are going to find it really helpful to find out how you guys were able to build this program. Yes. Thank you guys. We appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And a shout out. You're with HHS. I do believe when, when I took over food service, I knew nothing about food service. And without my HHS partners and their willingness to do it our way, I mean, none of this would have been possible. I thought that was really cool. I mean, I, I Me too. love they all had such passion for what they do there and the creation of this program and, and from the patients to the employees, to the staff, to you know, the people in the community that go to their eat all the time. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. And they were saying that the top three reasons of why he wanted or, or suggested somebody create this program, he didn't mention money at all. Yeah. That's the top three, even though he's making a ton of money off of this now. Yeah. I mean, well, he said, because it's the right thing to do. The right thing to do. Exactly. Well, thanks for joining us for this candid conversation about what does healthier food mean and look like in healthcare. Yeah, and thanks again, Don, Kristen, and Paul for joining us for this great discussion. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you've learned some insight today. Be sure to follow us and tune in for our next episode with another healthcare leader wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for more tips and tricks in healthcare, follow the HHS blog at www.hhs1.com. Until next time.